In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> Father Robert has been doing a series on the book of Revelation. I'm not preaching on Revelation. <laughs> I told Father Robert that uh, I distrust anybody who says they understand the book of Revelation. So this morning, in our reading from the book of Acts, Paul and Silas were thrown in jail for healing an insane woman. It was very common at the, uh, it was a very common belief at the time that people who were insane were inspired by the gods. The thinking was that since they didn't have a mind of their own, then it must be the gods that put those thoughts in their heads. Therefore, they were often exploited as fortune tellers. And such was the case with the young slave girl in this morning's reading. Her owners made a great deal of money by having her tell the fortunes of those who came to the places of worship. When Paul and Silas cured her, her owners were angry because their source of income had dried up. They could no longer exploit her for profit. So they made up some charges against them and had them thrown in jail. Paul and Silas were treated as dangerous criminals because their antagonists said, these men are disturbing our city. They are Jews and are advocating customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to adopt or to observe. They were beaten and thrown into the innermost section of the jail. And how did Paul and Silas react to this injustice? They prayed and they sang hymns to God. They didn't rant about how unfair it was, as I probably would have done. They didn't rant, they didn't uh, plot how they were going to free themselves. No, they prayed and they sang hymns to God. And the prisoners heard them and listened to them. And so did the jailer. When the earthquake struck around midnight, the doors all became ajar. The jailer awoke from his sleep and found the jail he was entrusted to guard with all of its cells wide open. He knew that he would be in serious trouble for losing all of his prisoners. He knew that the Roman authorities would come down on him severely for not properly discharging his duties. They would figure out that he had been sleeping on the job. So he drew his sword to kill himself. He was sure that with all the doors wide open, that all the prisoners would be gone. But to his amazement, Paul shouted from his, from his cell, do not harm yourself, for we are all here. The jailer rushed in and found all the prisoners just where they were supposed to be. And his response was to fall on his knees and ask Paul and Silas what he had to do in order to be saved. Their answer, 
Believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. What was it that caused this jailer to ask for salvation? On first reading, it would seem that he was simply thankful that his prisoners had not escaped, that his own life was no longer in danger. But on reading a little closer, this can't be his reasoning because he went on to place himself in even greater jeopardy. His prisoners did not escape. No, instead, he took them from the jail to his own home where he cared for their wounds, listened to the word of the Lord, and was baptized along with his family. So what could have moved this man to place himself in such danger in order to become a Christian? Well, he came face to face with what Jesus promised that he would leave for his followers. My friends, he encountered the peace, the shalom that surpasses all understanding. This man saw firsthand the peace of Jesus Christ. When Paul and Silas came into his jail, he saw two men who had such peace that even in the face of wrongful imprisonment, they rejoiced to God in prayer and song. He saw two men who knew, even in the midst of a violent earthquake, that they were not alone. And he saw in them a capacity to care deeply for him and for his salvation, even though he was the one holding them captive. This man saw a faith that was so strong that it allowed them to stay where they believed God was leading them, even when they could easily have escaped and run away. What did this man see in Paul and Silas? He saw them witness to the peace of God that comes through Jesus Christ. Jesus prays in the gospel for his disciples and says, I ask not only on behalf of these, but on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. My friends, we here today have come to faith as a result of the words and actions of Paul and Silas, and of the words and actions of countless millions who have witnessed to their faith through the centuries. And we've come to faith by the witness of those who have touched our own lives. Now Jesus calls us to follow the good examples of all those saints. Others are led to faith or not led to faith by our witness. And we all witness to our faith where, whether we want to or not. We are either good witnesses to the power of Christ's love in our lives, or our witness conveys that our faith is of little consequence to our daily life. Either way, we are witnessing. 
What is your witness? Are you one of those people that causes others to say, I don't know what it is about that person, but I want to have what he or she has? Do you accept the peace of God in Christ and do you attempt to reflect his love in all that you do during your day? Do you feel his peace and love so powerfully in your life that it simply has to spill over into your interactions with others? If you're like me, you can answer yes to these questions only sometimes. Jesus wants more for you and he wants more for me. He wants us to feel the abundance of his love for us always. And he wants us to communicate that love to each other and more importantly, to those who have never known his love. Many years ago when I was serving in the Diocese of Upper South Carolina, I was asked to serve on a team for a Kairos weekend. Kairos, as you may be aware, it means time, but it means God's time. And Kairos weekend, we spent four days, Thursday to Sunday, in a maximum security prison. Uh, we didn't spend the night there, they didn't let us do that, but we were there all from early morning to late in the afternoon. And when we came, the, the idea was we were gonna be paired with, with a prisoner that we would sponsor for the weekend. And so we lined up and we were singing hymns as we walked into the building. Prisoners lined up this way and we were lined up the other way at, at a corner and we were to process in and meet the person that we were to sponsor. And the young man I was called to sponsor was the same age as my son, Patrick. And he was there. We weren't to know, I knew his, I knew his first name and I knew nothing else. We weren't to know why they were there. We weren't to ask. Didn't know their last name, so we couldn't track them down. We were there simply to love them and nurture them for four days. We sang hymns, people told their spiritual journey, we had talks. We had a literally a trailer load of home-baked cookies. And they got cookies all day long. <laughs> and during the afternoon, we would go with a guard into every single cell in that whole institution and give the prisoner a bag of cookies and tell him, Jesus loves you, and I love you too. It was a powerful, powerful weekend. It still moves me to this day. My kids will tell you, you can't take daddy anyplace because he'll cry. <laughs> and that may be true. Uh, the people on that weekend, my compatriots said, instead of giving me a box of Kleenex, they were gonna give me a chamois so they could wring it out. But it was a powerful, powerful experience. At the end of the weekend, they had an open mic where people could come and speak about what was on their hearts and what they'd experienced over the weekend. And one young man came up to the microphone and with tears streaming down his face, he said, I've never known love and I've never known God. And now I know both. I agree. <laughs> it's, it's okay. By the way, I think that children's noises are their contribution to our worship. So feel good, Mom. 
We're not all called to go into prisons and to, to do Kairos ministry. But we are all called to witness to the love of Christ in our sphere of influence. If we are to be all that God has called us to be, we must love as he loves us. And we must follow the example of Paul and Silas. We must pray and sing hymns and rejoice in all things because those who do not yet believe are watching us. Righteous Father Jesus said, the world does not know you, but I know you, and these you have sent me. I made your name known to them, and I will make it known, so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. Lord Jesus, may your love be found in us this day. Amen.